0: Good morning, you bastards. This is Matt Hodell with the Bastards of Art Podcast coming to you, not so live in my garage. I've been demoted into a world of filth and oil. And uh, you know, that's okay, because uh I'm a man and man man loves stuff like this. Or Yeah. <laughs> I'm here today with uh Chris. Chris, introduce yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Chris Boyle. Um Thirty-five years old, and I make tattoos in St. Louis.
0: Good-looking fella, I definitely would swipe right on this
1: young man. <laughs> I'm not on Tinder, but if I were, it's good to know yeah. that
0: other men would swipe well, right for me. Okay, yeah, many, whatever. Many, many, many wonderful social <laughs> platforms out there. What was that? Did you ever watch any of those '80s movies where uh, it was all that slapstick comedy, like, uh, like? Um, Police Academy and stuff like that. Did a little bit.
1: I never got super into it. My grandpa loved Police Academy
0: though. Yeah, yeah. The the Commodir, the commodore for that was many, many, many. Yeah, he'd always say. And no one ever gets my references. <laughs> I wonder how people even enjoy Family Guy because it's all references. I love Family Guy. But did you do the references shoot over your no, head? No, not. Cake? I feel like I get
1: most of them. Hmm. That's weird. I don't know. Well, that's good. I'm I- kind of like a a whirlwind <laughs> of useless pop culture trivia from about the last 25 years
0: so yeah that's know. good did you did you read ready player one no you know about the movie i know about it yeah oh it's so good okay. yeah that was i won't give it away yeah. i haven't seen the movie yet spoilers. actually don't. my kids went and saw the movie i read the book most of the family here have read the book and the kid my kids told me the movie was different so i'm i i do not know i'm kind of hesitant to go see it because i've already built the movie it's like in a my jurassic head. park all over again yeah i know say so, did you what get you that do? see i'm
1: old yeah they came out with uh, yeah.
0: they're on their like seventh one or something i know i saw the first
1: one like i saw the movie then i read the book and i was like because i was young and yeah. i was like man i should have just read the book it's way cooler than the movie yeah well, i thought I, the
0: movie was cool do you yeah. remember that first book that you read that was better than the movie mine was i read et even yeah. though it was a made for yeah it was, it was a made movie. for made movie than a book right but i you know the the um and when i was a kid uh the uh, Scholastic Reader bus would show up yep. and you could go onto the bus with five totally. bucks yep. and I thought E.T. was awesome and I bought the book it and, was, yeah. and that was the first time it was
1: Jurassic Park for me I saw Jurassic yeah. Park and then that made me want to read the book and then I was like got into books because they were cooler than the movie and the movie was cool nothing against Jurassic Park you know Yeah. I liked the book better
0: yeah that, that one took me took me like a couple times to watch it before I really thought it was way awesome
1: yeah and I guess my literary tastes have probably gone on from Michael Crichton, just for the record. So it
0: where did you go? Did you go drugs and alcohol with Bukowski? Or did you do like some?
1: <laughs> I definitely did that later. I mean, I think at this time, I mean, when I was like, what was I like? I was probably like twelve years old or something like that. When I don't know when Jurassic Park came out exactly, I but know. I was pretty young.
0: Is it was it in the nineties, early nineties? It was. Early in the, 80s. I think it was
1: in the early nineties, maybe. Right. So I don't know how old I would have been, but. I'm not very good at math on the spot, Uh but I did read a bunch of other Michael Crichton books and like that had not yet become movies and all the movies were disappointing. Like Sphere, Congo, all
0: disappointing compared to the book. Congo was a cool concept though. Good concept. Yeah. Big gorillas. Yeah. Yeah. Was it like there's a tribe of albino gorillas or something? I can't remember. It was protecting a jewel or... Sounds racist, man. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and we went there, ding, 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 hit the bell. Uh, anyways, uh, so today's topic, we we kind of have a bigger, a bigger plan here. We're going to talk about the journey as an artist a little bit and the awkward world of navigating something that maybe you're not completely familiar with or maybe it's new to you or maybe you're just lost in it or maybe you just feel like you're one of those people that are just... Uh, Kind of going through the motions or something, and where are you? And is it okay to copy? Is it okay to imitate? Is it okay to follow in someone else's footsteps? Uh, You know, it's it's kind of an awkward thing. I I gave the example and before on other podcasts, and and me and Chris were just talking about this. You know, it's this awkward thing where when you want to learn to play a piano, they give you a a book to to learn songs out of. But when you want to be an artist, they give you you know an easel and a canvas that's pure white, and they say now be creative, and that's that could be intimidating, you know. And um, it, it's funny in the in the early days they say draw still life. Well, that's copying, you know. But when you start storytelling and you start wanting to kind of put a message out there or something, how how do you do that, and and what are you know? What are the pros and cons of this of, of this journey? I mean, eventually, the goal is to be your own product, to let the world have a personality that is inside of you and let it out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it takes a while to get there, and I think what we we decided that was the innovation side, you know, yeah. of becoming becoming your own your own person, your own artist, your own self, your own identity. But but you just don't start there, do you?
1: Yeah, I don't think you do. I think it, it's a weird it's a weird world that we live in where sometimes the expectation is for artists to look at that blank canvas and just paint whatever picture they want, whatever they feel like. It doesn't have to meet any kind of constraint or guideline. And sometimes like in a world that's filled so much with social media and things like that, Mm. we see people that have very little foundations becoming extremely successful, whether that's in music or graphic arts, design, tattooing all kinds of things we see like with so much more accessibility i think you see people that just like they kind of throw something out there and it catches on and that's interesting but i think what we're trying to talk about would be more how do you have these foundational concepts that allow you to at some point jump off to truly creating something that is not just sensational but is relevant and constructed out of some Knowledge and
0: experience, maybe like how almost like problem solving. Yeah, like okay, I've got I don't know whatever medium you work with. You know, we're tattoo artists, so um, our medium is very technical. I've always compared it to, to almost like welding. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many aspects scientifically that go into it of why this works well with that, and there's also the the feel aspect. And, um, but there's there's a problem solving that has to happen. So whether it's brushes and you and you're exploring, well, what do I use? I use a yeah, we've sure. all watched Bob Ross. You used your number 8 <laughs> fan brush and your yeah. pointy brush and your round brush and your flat brush and so you're like, okay, I want to I want to paint this. I want to mm-hmm. paint this apple. We will just start generic. I want to paint this apple. How do I I know what it looks like in my head. How do I paint it? So there's a problem right. solving, right? Yeah, just
1: kind of actualizing a concept maybe that you have in your mind or a task that's put
0: before you, either one, you know. And in this, in these basic fundamental days, um, I think I think, that, I think a lot of people like us, because we've been so, like, we've kind of been our own person our whole life. Like, we've always been told, when you were little, we all knew that you were going to be the crazy one, you know? Yeah. We were always the loudest or the fastest or we were the, we were the mostest or whatever. I was never the fastest. Yeah. <laughs> <Definitely> <laughs> well, I, I wasn't either. I was just quite the loudest or most obnoxiousest. <laughs> yeah. More of those things. But cool. we were told these things, and so we've always had this voice. And so, naturally, when we when we go to an artist's world and we want to express ourselves, learning fundamentals can be boring. Or sure. or constraining or or whatever. But what are like we were kind of running through this. What are some of the positives about about imitating?
1: Yeah, I think that there is a lot that's positive, and I think for me, it comes from a background not just um, in graphic art and tattooing, but also in music. Um, when I was younger, I was really into music, and um, you know, you made the piano example. I was terrible at piano. My mom tried to get me to learn to play piano, and I could just never do it. But um, I got a drum set when I was 15, and I definitely figured that out really quick. And then I got into playing guitar and bass, and I ended up doing that even professionally for a large part of my adult life. And the interesting thing is that I never really... I had a lot of formal education in percussion and piano when mm. I was younger, but I wasn't, like, very good at that. But when it came to uh, learning how to really play guitar, I learned by imitating other people. And I had a friend who was, you know, a a few years older than me. And I said, well, how do I learn how to play guitar? And he said, well, what are your favorite songs? You know, who are your favorite bands? Like pick out 10 of your favorite songs and listen to them over and over and start just by strumming the guitar in the, in the rhythm of the guitar. Don't worry about chords, just strum. And once you figure out that pattern, then start trying to pick out a chord. And then once you know that chord, you know and he would show me chords to songs i'd come back to.
0: So him. what was he doing? He was kind of breaking it down. He
1: was just breaking it down saying, "Hey, pay attention to something that you care about and that is going to teach you how to play guitar because of two things. One, you already care about it. You're interested in it. You're not being forced to learn something a certain way. Hmm. And two, if he said just play it until it sounds like that." And so I guess to me, this concept of imitation and learning and in art has always been something that is positive because I felt like it put more on what I could learn from the things like what, what was it about the song that I was really interested in? And why did I like that guitar part? Why did I like that song? What was it about that music that like spoke to me? Those were things that I felt like I was digging into by really focusing on it and paying attention and learning how to imitate it. Mm. Um, Versus when I had been sat at a piano bench and said, "Oh, you have to do left hand and read the bass clef and right hand treble clef and this is what you're going to do and you're going to play Hot Cross Buns, 37 times until it's perfect," I hated it. Mm-hmm. So there was something about uh, imitation that allowed me to kind of take what I what I desired about that music. You know, now, was that
0: did you figure that out in hindsight or while the process was happening? Did you appreciate it?
1: I, think I, I don't
0: think I did. I don't think I appreciated the process yeah. until until later when I had, I kind of had a, I felt like I had sea legs. I felt like, okay, I know how to draw that. Okay, I know how to visualize yeah. that. But in in the process, because yeah. the same thing you were doing, I was doing with drawing. And, and my, my passion was skateboarding. Of course, it went along with um, Jim Phillips. Jim Phillips, I always screw that up, not Jeff Phillips. Jeff Phillips is a skateboarder, Jim Phillips mm-hmm. was the artist. Yeah. And redrawing all of his his boards. Yeah. You know, they were just so powerful where other people were doing like kind on of these 80s graphics, silk screeny, Andy Warhol-y right. weirdness. He was actually illustrating a story and it had little little hidden things in it. That mm-hmm. and Mad Magazine. And so I would take both those and I would just copy them over and over again. Yeah. But I would always be so ashamed and I was copying them because I want, I didn't want people to know my secret of how I was coming up with these yeah. these neat things.
1: Yeah, I think I remember that too. And I mean, even as that, you know, I I started really into the more art-centric part of my life later in life uh, as far as like visual arts and tattooing. I didn't start learning to tattoo until I was 28. So for me, um at that point having played music professionally and being such a creative person and just being fulfilled by creativity i think i was kind of like oh i just need to like try to do my own thing and but it's like really there was i was missing something in making that jump to visual arts and i needed to actually imitate some things in order to appreciate what made a good design uh what color value meant like what colors look right next to each other what colors look wrong like how busy should a design be how simple should it be how and it's like in trying to be so creative i felt like i kind of missed that um kind of just building blocks that imitation could do for me and when i looked back and compared that to my musical life you know imitation allowed me to get better at something a lot faster Mm. i got pretty good at guitar really fast um i got good at drums really fast like when i was learning how to play these instruments because i was excited about it and it was accessible i didn't have to think so much about like oh how am i going to paint this picture what am i going to do with my blank canvas Mm, like there wasn't i was just like focused on getting better like gaining some basic tools and tricks that i could use and i think in tattooing when I started doing that and, you know, somebody told me, why are you trying to draw everything all the time? I said, well, that's just what people told me to do, that I should always try to draw everything. Like, I should look at reference, I should uh, be well-versed and educated, but I should draw everything out of my head and it should be mine. And they just looked at me and said, no, you shouldn't do that. Like, you should look at things that you like and Imitate those, copy those things, trace those things, learn those motions in your hand, learn why you like that, and um, so I think it was then, and that I kind of appreciated more why that might be important. And when I started doing that, it started connecting things to me that I didn't see before. So
0: that that brings me to. You made a list, and he's got this really long list in front of him. That's really thought out. Um, Not, but, but he's got a pros and cons. <laughs> Chris has a pros and cons list in front of him, <clears throat> and it's super interesting. But I was just thinking about you know the, the negatives or the cons, and it's that social aspect of like as as you're learning something new. Yeah, you want to see what people did before you. But there's there. I feel I felt the pressure. I feel. I guess I kind of do. Still feel feel pressure that from people that like oh man you copying man or oh man you you ripping someone off or I don't know what the lingo trace is. master trace master you you know you you ripping someone else's yeah that's, that's boohickey <laughs> yeah
1: well it's like conveniently cool though because the same people I mean I can only really I'm a little short sighted in my artistic. Uh, I guess my uh, awareness of all things art but in tattooing it's really funny because the same guy they'll say don't steal my design is tattooing a Burt Grimm design basically the next day and like everybody's like oh it's so sick bro it's awesome and it is so we
0: have two two crowds of people we have one crowd of people that's telling us bro chill out Find something you're passionate about. I think that's a key word. Yeah. And learn that. Yes. Learn it inside and out. And you got another group of people saying, "That's Boo Hickey. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're I wish stealing. They actually said it that yeah, way. Yeah. It would make so, it way more palatable. So let me ask you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess without a, without a Harvard study. I'm gonna guess the people telling us to copy have quite a number of years of this, and they're pretty confident in their approach, and have no problem lending a helping hand. And I'm gonna guess the other people probably are a little less versed and have a little bit more fear in them Um, or maybe maybe their their self-esteem isn't as strong and 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 you might be a perceived threat or i'm not sure i'm just throwing it out there on a limb like well why would somebody why would somebody hate you so bad if you're if you're in your first five or six or seven years especially the first one or two years or whatever why are they gonna get so mad at you why do you think people would get so mad at you for trying just to learn something i mean why do why would they expect you to come out of the gate swinging and it's a good question. I I think that my initial
1: assumption is that when people there's only, there's two things, they're either protective of something or they're mm. threatened by it, you know, and both of those things have sure. a similar reaction. So I think, you know, um I've seen people, you know, and, and I'm not endorsing uh ripping people's original artwork all the time. Like I think tattooing has like a weird kind of relationship with art and design. And it's like the only, you know, art form that is like really, truly like free of copyright restriction and things like that. So like, we're not, we don't have like this legal, you know, uh, aspect that we're considering when we're doing a design or if we take something from somewhere or whatever, it's not like, you know, in a song or whatever you're You're going to get sued over that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, especially now. So with that, I think that it's, I don't endorse, when somebody blatantly rips someone else's design that they've created specially for a client or something like that but i do think it's different when you there's a difference between referencing someone's design and copying it you know
0: what i mean i think it's intent yeah it you is know? like if your intent is like oh look at uh you know jimmy two fingers gets all these aco accolari- accolari- Gets all this attention.
1: Accolades? Yeah, that's the word. That's the one.
0: Uh, when Jimmy Two Fingers gets all this attention and you're kind of like, man, I want some attention. And so you you mimic yeah. what he's doing um, uh, instead of imitate. You're, you're, I think there's there might be a difference there between imitate and mimic. Sure. Mimic is just mindlessly doing what they did. You put your foot here. I put my foot there. Yeah. Where, where imitating is like, why did he put his foot there? What I'm I'm trying to learn right. the process. So when you're full on mimicking someone, just to get the same accolades or just get the same rewards, then you're not you're not doing yourself a service, and you're definitely not like like doing Jimmy Two Fingers like right. a service, you know? Because yeah. you're you're chipping away at something at his hard work. Where if, I think if you're if you're if you are if you're imitating, you're on your way to that that next part we said, which is innovation, right? You know, where you're you're learning how he problem solves somebody, yeah, and eventually you'll go from the social cues to learning right. your own personal cues of, of problem solving.
1: Yeah. And I think there is like there, there's a discovery when you know you look at someone else's design and you figure out you know oh how do they how do they draw this leaf that's different than the all the other leaves I see on roses like oh that looks way cooler like what is it about it and you know somebody a while back said hey you know like when you're just mindlessly kind of scrolling through Instagram and you're like oh yeah that guy's cool like that photo like oh man look at that really cool rose oh i like that oh that reaper's cool but, but he's like no like slow down and if you're going to be on there looking at stuff like really look at it and like think about when you look at a tattoo what is it about that tattoo that like really grabs you you know what I mean like that's the same thing with a song like what is it about that song that really grabs you and when you really identify what that is then you can kind of go okay well if it's a tattoo like I really just like the way that those leaves look like what is it about it and then look at them and like try to figure out like how did they do
0: that like how did they do that different than I would like it's the same thing you said in the beginning break it down yeah you know how I like it find find the simple answers don't you don't want to be all frosting and no cake right and I think that if you don't do that the
1: the danger is if you're afraid to be uh called out for being uh a poser or poser <laughs> yeah that shows my age i love that yeah but or or you know or that somebody's going to say oh well all you can do is like jock other people's style or this or that or you totally just copy that guy like if you're afraid of that you're not going to learn New techniques that allow you to develop things, and it's like on the other hand, you know, there's these uh, kind of people who are just like an enigma for lack of better better term. It's like when they look at their canvas, they splatter paint all over it, and it's amazing, and people love it. But like they still don't know how to draw that leaf that other way, or six or seven or nine different ways. All they can do is their one thing, and while that may be really exciting and interesting, they're not very well rounded. You know what I mean? And they they've kind of like lost this opportunity mm. to learn something else. So I think the point is that if you're imitating things by imitating things, you can learn how to make something your own. You can start to have these tools to put together and say, Oh, I like this. I'm going to take a little bit from here, take a little bit from there, spin it around through my own perspective and experience and skill set. My application might look different and see what sticks with that. You know what I mean? Like, do I look at my Tattoo when I'm done and go like, man, I really like the way those leaves look. <laughs> or do I go? Eh, I could maybe try something different next time. I don't know, you know? Yeah, I,
0: uh, I think it's I think it's really weird when you you know we're talking. I didn't even think about that. We, we're talking this whole entire time about imitating other people and how we see other people, and then when, when we look at ourselves, we're like the, you know. We see twenty extra pounds where it shouldn't be, and, sure, yeah, and stuff like that. Is it is it realistic, you know, or do we have a do we have a healthy perspective of ourselves? Like, are we really like grabbing on to like, you know, who I wish I could draw effortlessly? Like, and I'm not the only one. Is Greg Irons? Like when you see sure, Greg Irons yeah. do water, and it's got the nice texture so in cool, it, yeah. or or the wind, you know, it's or, just smooth. Yeah, it just yeah. it just has a harmonious feel to it. With that still has a ruffy rough edge, you know. Yeah, it still has some it still has feeling in it you know it's not not so polished that it's boring it has suggestive moments where he doesn't completely refine everything it's not photorealistic but it's it's good shit man yeah and uh when i try to draw like that i don't even think i come close so it's kind of funny like when i'm trying to imitate someone and i look at like and I you know, I, I I don't I always say this all the time. I love RG's work. RG works in New York and yeah, I'm always trying to imitate him and yeah. and I don't come close. So it's like sure. if I wanted to mimic him, I yeah. would take one of his tattoos, trace that motherfucker <laughs> and blast it. But I'm looking at it and I'm trying to imitate. I'm trying right. to figure out how does he connect all these in such a harmonious way that has rhythm and style and still looks yeah. solid. And I don't know, I don't I don't think I come. Close. But I think that's the. No positive. one's ever been like you're the little RG in St. Louis, <laughs> right,
1: right? Right. Yeah, but I think that's the positive though of imitation is that when you can take somebody else's idea and you try to apply that to what you do or what you're doing. And you grow from that. Whether that's always positive or not can be something else. You know, sometimes it like puts you in your place. Like you try something, and you're like, yeah, cool. I saw, I saw Scott Sylvia do this. So it looks really cool. <laughs> and then you try to do it, and you're like, man, like I just did not do that right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it does not look cool what when I, I do that. What like, happened? What are those weird things coming out of the side of my rose? Those. Do so not I look guess cool that anymore. would be
0: like. So that's the. I think if we're talking about like the social stigma of like you better figure it out on your own. Like yeah. I think the thing of it is, is that if you're straight up tracing, if you're straight up yeah. not changing a goddamn thing. That sucks. I mean, there's yeah. just like, that's not like. That's mimicking, right? That's I mean, just that's like, just
1: like, that just, that's just lazy. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I think, you know, the, you know, in tattooing, again, it's a weird thing. There are designs, like flash designs, they are meant like to be tattooed as they are. They're sold for that purpose, you know, now, before they were kind of passed between artists respectfully to say hey these are some designs that i came up with here are some designs that i came up with let's trade them back and forth and tattoo them on people but in reality all these things were inspired right by pop culture by advertising by propaganda and other things like that so i think that you know when we're talking about imitation you know the whole somebody said art imitates life well art imitates art and has to imitate the art because as artists we see things around us that we're interested in we're inspired by that like spark something in us and if we weren't seeing those things why would we even draw a picture in the first place like why would that be something we're interested in
0: i mean what's the draw in the first place like not the literal draw but why why do we even why do we even get brought into this circle that's like a weird thing right like i for me i just i have ideas in my head and i just want them out and I don't like. I don't know necessarily how. You know, I don't sure. really know how to get them out. You know, I mean, I I have a better, I have a better way of doing it now. But I'm just thinking about like an angry 16 year old version of me. You know, I was in my bedroom a lot, and you know, I was, I was isolated. Um, geographically, I was isolated from a lot of friends. I've talked about that before, but, uh, so I drew. But I was always like so. I didn't have anyone telling me to imitate. I, I just... I felt like I had to put myself into it. And ironically enough, it just didn't... It looked like every other 16-year-old's <laughs> anger and... Like, like, I, yeah. Graveyard That's so scene. That's stupid, man. What are some of the other pros that you, you got down here?
1: Um, I, I mean, I think that... Uh, we hit on a lot of these. Yeah, we hit on a lot of stuff. I mean, one thing... Read, read through the list. I want to hear some of these things you were talking about. I think, you know, we talked about how... Uh, Imitation can help you with technique. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's a starting point. I don't know that we really directly said that, but I think it, we did. We we're talking about in
0: the beginning. Yeah, we talked about the technique. Give you somewhere to start. Like technique was definitely like problem solving. How right. to figure this out?
1: We talked about process and how sometimes through that imitation you can learn someone else's process that might help you create your own. Uh-huh. You can be inspired by it. Um, I think something we didn't really talk about is that like sometimes imitation can make you feel relevant. You know, because you feel like. If other people are doing it, and I do it too, then that means people are going to be into what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And not necessarily copying something somebody drew. No. But in the light of. like, Yeah. I mean, oh, everyone else is drawing bloody skulls. I want to draw bloody, bloody skulls. Sure, yeah. You know? I mean, you know? I mean... I think that's, I think that's safe to say in, in almost any genre. I mean, if you go into, like, craft shows nowadays, the old joke about put a bird on it, I mean, you start to... Yeah. It's hard to see someone who's really being innovative as some of these family craft shows, a lot of it's, um, and I think that's like done. You know, doesn't make it bad, but it's just been done. No, and
1: I mean the next thing I had was acceptance and sustainability, and I think you know that kind of takes us to the next part of that. Like when we were talking earlier, is like, well, okay, where does that leave us with being able to be marketable and to be able to like create a product out of what? Mm. We draw, you know what I mean? Or what we paint or what we mm. sing or play. Like, how do we get from this point of creativity and in using our skills to make something profitable, you know what I mean? And yeah, uh, pay for to market, more paint. Right, yeah. Or lights. Or paper. <laughs> or diapers. Yeah, or whatever, <laughs> you know? Anything, your rent. Um, and so, I, yeah.
0: something we... We, we, we've we mentioned the innovative part, you know, and this podcast isn't necessarily about 100% about being innovative. But after you go down this journey, eventually you'll start to be like – you'll start to be ready to jump out of the gate. Yeah. And you'll. And I think it's kind of awkward to, to put yourself out there. And I, for me, it was like – I described this – it was like crossing a threshold where more and more – I don't know if I was necessarily annoyed with what I was doing, but it started feeling like it wasn't my voice I was hearing Mm -hmm. or something. I don't know. Do you kind of know what I'm talking about at all? Like when you start to get more into like, okay, I've copied enough. I'm ready to just kind of like tell my story in my way.
1: Yeah, I think. Or tell
0: your story in my way or whatever.
1: Right, yeah. I think everybody gets to a point where they want something more. We you know or on the other hand, if you you definitely can hit a rut where you just say, oh well, I'm just gonna copy whatever anybody wants, because that's what the consumer, you know, ultimately when we're talking about mm. making it profitable, sometimes that's actually what they want. They don't want you to put your spin on what they want they want what they want and they want you to do it for them and that's a tough position to be in as an artist you know that's maybe a future topic it's like oh what do you do about that when somebody is just saying hey i want to give you a pile of money to do what i want you to do and that's it mm-hmm. And that, that feels really crappy i mean as somebody who cares about art or cares about tattooing or whatever like it feels crappy to go like oh well yeah i should just like I should just trace this thing and tattoo it on you because that's what you want and you're going to give me $400 right now.
0: It's almost like it starts to run its own course.
1: It does. But it's also like I try at least to – I'm trying, I should say. I'm trying to not give up on and not be discouraged by the times that I'll, I'll make an effort to like put – my spin on it I assume that if people are coming to me and asking me to do that that at least in some level they desire my input and mm-hmm. in the design so I'll say okay well we can do it like that but what if we did it like this and I try to not be disheartened by the people who just go no I, I hate that I want I want this here's my phone look at it give me what I want you know but I think
0: that is I think it comes I think that. I think this reminds me of something. I, I don't talk about this too much, but I, I train martial arts, and I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that runs around MMA or anything like that. Just disclaimer. Affliction, sure. Yeah, but I, I, do. I like it. I like it for the arts aspect of it, you know, and being efficient, and and, and I see a lot of 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 what I do in in, in tattooing, in martial arts, and the approach, and and uh, my instructor, he says, you know, you should always be questioning me. You know, don't live in a bubble. Don't think because I said it it's the end. What if I've what if I've been doing it wrong this whole entire time? What if someone told it to me wrong this whole entire time? Mm-hmm. And so you should be questioning, like, is this the right move? And I think I think that it might be one of the um, one of the precursors to like, okay, I'm I'm almost ready, man. I'm almost ready to start adding my my flavor to this. Like like you said, like adding my own spin to it. I, I joke about, you know, I used to work at Iron Age. And we had a flash page, and it had like nine nine of the classic uh, panthers on it. But that was all the panthers we had, and there was no internet. And so I would do I would do the exact same panther over. I mean, like three, four, or yeah. five times a week. And so to to break the monotony, I would like the tail would go left one day, or there'd be bloody claws sure. one day, or it'd be furry one day, or it would be whatever. But that's great. Yeah, and that was I guess that was my way of like starting to break. Yeah, i be like let me let me try a couple of things. I mean, I definitely wasn't like redrawing the panther 100%, but I was I was starting to like Yeah, you try. were starting to play with it and like and change it. And I think that's the thing that
1: I think I I've always said like I'm jealous sometimes of people that have come before me, whether that was in music or in tattooing. Like I always say the thing it's like, you know, there's very rarely now in the age we live in, do people have time to develop as artists? while still being able to sustain their career. Oh, yeah, that's really hard. So, like, I always look at, like, I remember my mom telling me, like, one of the first concerts she ever went to was the Rolling Stones. And then one of the first concerts that I ever went to was a Rolling Stones concert with my mom on the Honky Tonk Woman tour, Steel Wheels tour, you know, with the giant blow-up, you know, Honky Tonk Woman. It was awesome, you know. I was a little kid, and it was huge. My mom was in advertising, so she worked with a company that – was an advertising firm that did all kinds of stuff. So we got tickets to things and I get to see this show, but it's like, I remember later as I got interested in music, my mom telling me, she's like, yeah, the first time I saw the Rolling Stones, they were really not very good. And I remember like, they were so good. I saw the Rolling Stones a couple times later in life. They're still really good. And, but like the reality is, is that in a different era, people were able to have some kind of commercial success because they had this talent, they had this something about them, and they were able to develop into the artists that they become. Like, no, like the Beatles didn't get together and just like, you know, sell out stadiums. Like, but they, they kind polished of their craft. They polished their craft, and they were they were able to be supported as they were able to polish that craft. And I think you know, in the last, you know, fifteen to twenty years, there's less and less bands that are able to do that. I think tattooing is the same way. I would imagine that like, you yeah, know, those video games I are mean, the same way. Think about graphic design. I mean yeah. there's so it's so accessible now, right? To right. be a designer. I mean truly, at the lack of offending people who might listen to this, really almost anyone can design a website now. Anyone oh, yeah, can, here. I think, I mean
0: well they promote companies promote their their platform as yeah. you can do it. Right. Yeah, I mean
1: you can buy an iPad Pro for $700 at Sam's Club mm-hmm. right now, and you can go home and download, you know, a couple of good free applications that will allow you to basically make any kind of print design that you ever want. You know what I mean? And it's like, so people aren't de- allowed to develop into this product over the course of time in a sustainable way. And I think what you're saying is that you were kind of able to develop. And your product, while people were still paying you to do artwork,
0: yeah, that was a you could start
1: kind of like changing it. And, you know, I think today and again, like in tattooing, I work at Iron Age now and we're a very busy street shop. And we, you know, people all the time like, oh, like you really like, what's your specialty? I see all these paintings in your station. They all like, you like like the more like classic style or American traditional style. I said, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. They're like, oh, is that like mostly what you do? And I was like, well, no, not really. Like I kind of mostly do every style of tattooing because I tattoo people that want every style of tattooing. Mm Now, I know my own limits and I'll definitely refer certain things to other coworkers or other people that I don't feel confident. If it's like a large-scale color realism project, that's just not my thing. I'm not going to be able to do it. But on a smaller scale, I might take that on. I might do you know, a pattern work tattoo, and then I might do custom lettering. I might do computer lettering. Sure. I might do a watercolor tattoo. Then I might do an eagle Sure. Then, you know well, you're well versed. Right. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I'm forcibly well versed. Yeah. But I've also, like, in a way, I think that sometimes. But all
0: that's gonna, all that's gonna. <clears throat> sorry. Excuse me. I'm dang pollen in the air. All that's, all that's gonna when, when you do, start to hone in on something. When something's like, you know, sure. I'm gonna to the end of the day, I want to start doing this. by the time I'm done. All those are all those problem solving, all those techniques yeah. you had to learn doing that, that's great.
1: And it is. It's just a different way and then it's different than taking that same those same six panthers and moving the tail yeah. and lear, really learning I think now everybody want things wants things that are similar in style but are I do so many different tattoos. Very rarely do I do the same tattoo twice ever.
0: That's good. That's it is cool.
1: it is good, but it's also like Sometimes I'll find myself like I'll paint a design that I tattooed or I'll redraw a design that I drew before whether I tattooed it or not just because I want to understand more about how to move the tail on a panther or change his claws or make his body look a little bit different that maybe I don't have that same – Nobody's paying me to do that. Right. You know what I mean? People are I paying me to do I that. I think that's,
0: that. The, that's also the negative side of getting paid. Yeah, it you is. Start being like, well, I don't really have time to explore anymore. Totally.
1: Yeah. I mean, it can be really mm. tough when you feel like your artistic expression has to. And you work, and you know, I say that if you're working in an artistic field, but that you feel like. And that's just not tattooing.
0: That's, yeah. that's anything where you've got to. If you're working for a house. Well, if yeah. it's photography or storyboard or whatever, you've yeah. got to do what the house says. Absolutely. You know? And there's, it's a two-way street there, man. So there's going to be a rub, though, at some point where you go like, well,
1: and I really like my job. It's cool. I get to work in the art field and I make a living doing it. Right. I'm grateful for that. Why don't I feel so grateful about that all the time? It's, It might be because that you know, while it, you are in an environment that caters towards your interests, sometimes what is... Monetizable and that is not exactly what you want to do. That's okay, but then you're having to find time outside of your work schedule. I think the trick is, is if if you
0: you said put your spin on earlier. I think the thing of it is, is if if you do find the time, if you make the time to explore and go back and find what you're passionate about again, mm-hmm. then when those when those mundane things come in, you can you can put your spin. Absolutely, you know, I think. I think the best one was. Uh, do you remember the Little Mermaid? Yeah. And the cover that had the penises in it. <laughs> that <laughs> yes. guy was able to take something as yeah. mundane as Disney and put penises in it. No, if he can Disney. pull it off,
1: that's a whole other conversation. You
0: can pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just thinking about. We're going to start wrapping it up here, I guess. Um, I was thinking about. You said something earlier about you know the internet and and yeah. all this crazy imagery coming at us. I think it's super important that we never even mentioned this that whoever you're mimicking like we were talking about classic people you know i was talking about greg irons and and uh, some other people and you were talking about rolling stones i mean these are iconic people i think you shouldn't i think you should be really aware that if you're imitating someone and trying to learn their technique try to follow the genealogy of it or the pedigree of it who are they imitating and sure. then who are they yeah. imitating? Yeah, and find that's the root, and then you'll really get to the to the to the nuts and bolts of it. And, I, yeah. and then when you start imitating them, that's really, yeah, that's really cool. And know? it's
1: cool to see that. And then maybe that'll make you may maybe not feel so bad about the times, like you were saying, like oh well, I felt really bad. I was just like doing other people's artwork. And so, well, maybe not because even the people that you think are the most innovative. Have usually imitated someone else in order to get to a place where they could create something new. Sure, so I think that's something to look at. You know,
0: that's that that's money right there. There you go. That's going to be the tagline on our commercial. (laughs) (laughs) So this has been another Bastards of Art publication. I don't know if you guys have figured out really quick, but I've been doing this in rhythms. Um, You know, I had me and Jonathan on here for a while, then I did it for myself for a while, and in between, I took a break there too. And now it's going to be me and Chris. Uh, we're going to get some episodes here recorded for you. Can we keep, we're going to try to keep coming up with content that is relative to you and your journey as becoming an artist. Um, they can find us at SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, FM Player. Of course, our webpage at www.bastardsart.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's where we're at. Yep. Right on. All right, we're out.